Aloha and welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives podcast. This is Stephanie Colvin and I'm your host coming to you from Southern California. And if you're new, welcome. Hello, everyone. I'm sorry I'm late posting. I had been out of town and lots going on as usual especially within the family, and I appreciate your patience. Um, As I've been traveling so very much and on the road, contemplating what to cover this week, I have been running um, frequently on social media into uh, accounts or people that are talking about how free they feel from leaving the church. And normally when I run into these accounts, which usually have snarky memes about um, their departure, I immediately get offended. And I understand that I get offended because when you're really all into the gospel, it is your lifestyle and you're living it every day, every second of the day, and you're just doing the best you can to Uh, remain focused on the Savior and to make good choices, to choose the right, to live the gospel, to be that shining light and all the other wonderful things that we get to do and the opportunities that we're given as being members of the Church of Jesus Christ here on earth. Um, What I've been working on lately is trying not to be offended, is realizing that that's their journey, that something has transpired in their life and given them an experience that has put them off so greatly from the Lord's church. And there could be a million different reasons why. Um, I'm not going to crystal ball here and try to figure out the reasons why, but uh, this one account in particular, um, she talks about the culture in Utah and amongst the LDS members. And... um, You know, I've heard this time and time again from um, other people. Of course, I have family in Utah and friends in Utah. And I've also heard about the Utah culture and the LDS uh, world from missionaries that have come from Utah. And just using the intelligence that I've been given and my ability to observe, I've noticed that there's some type of something going on in Utah where there's a lot of judgment and people are feeling judged and they're feeling unwelcomed. They're feeling um, as if they can't live up to some supposed or perceived standard. Now, I don't believe that happens just in Utah. I think sometimes it might be uh, very prevalent in Utah because there's a high concentration of LDS members in the state since that is headquarters in Salt Lake City. Um, But here are my thoughts on that. And I, you know, my greatest desire is always that the spirit can impress upon your heart and mind how you can make the changes within your own world to make it a better place, a more welcoming, open place where we can truly practice that greatest commandment that the Lord's given us, which is to love one another. And, um, When I returned to church in, there was a couple of times that I went back to church. One time I went back to church in my late twenties and I really felt uncomfortable when I was in sacrament. Um, 
I just felt like a fish out of water, that I stuck out like a sore thumb, that I didn't fit in, and that people were looking at me, and they weren't saying hi to me, and people weren't welcoming, and um, I had all of these feelings, and so I didn't go back to church. And then in my early 30s, I went back to church, and uh, kind of the same experience, maybe not so intense um, as I had matured a bit, but uh, I just felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb. And uh, I was more focused on that than showing up and getting whatever I could from just simply being at church. Um, I know that there was another time that I had gone back to church and I felt, um, while I was sitting there in sacrament, very angry uh, by essentially making the effort and coming to church. I'm not somebody who enjoys wearing dresses or skirts and, um, got up, got dressed, got the kids ready, came to church and, uh, I was angry the whole time. Um, to reflect on that anger and why I felt upset was probably because I never felt like I was part of the community. Uh, even growing up, I never felt like I was part of the LDS community. And so I always struggled with that. Now, when we come across other people and their thoughts and emotions about how they feel uh, about fitting into their local LDS community, we can only relate to them based on our own experiences. So I'm never coming at this feeling like I'm the know-all, be-all, and I know exactly what's going on. I'm just sharing my faith, my testimony, and my thoughts in hopes that we can do better and be better, which is the greatest call from the Lord and from our Father, is every day just do better and be better. Um, Whether it's just a little step or it's a big leap, it doesn't matter. Just do better and be better. Let's always be better today than we were yesterday. And there are times that I might take a couple of steps back and I realize that I have whether it be my attitude, the way I'm thinking, the way I'm treating people around me. Um, And then I just know that I can instantly change my attitude and have opportunities. There's plenty of opportunities until I die to do better and be better. So here are my thoughts. On my own experience personally, When I finally came back into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints through witnessing the many spiritual miracles and wonderful experiences that my husband had while he was taking the discussions with two wonderful sister missionaries who will forever be a part of our family. um, I realized very quickly when I went back to church that the way I felt when I was younger, when I would try to be a part of the LDS community, especially when I was growing up or when I would try to come back, I never really had the mindset or the attitude of trying to fit in. I've always been um, different and uh, I've just always been different from anybody else that I've ever associated with in the church, even nowadays. Um, I think the two biggest uh, compliments or things that people say to me, I take them as a compliment 
because I choose to take them as a compliment because I don't want to make it an issue is that number one, I look young because I dress like a teenager. I'm from Southern California. You know, we, I grew up, I was born and raised in California. I grew up in uh, Fresno, but uh, coming to Southern California and being here for 10 years, especially in a beach town, it's very relaxed and formal and, uh, you know, I do the ripped jeans with the chucks and the t-shirts and things like that. And, um, I've always been that way. I remember back when I was in junior high, I had ripped jeans and I would come home from an extracurricular activity and I wouldn't be able to find my jeans the next day for school. And my mom would have thrown them away and I would go out to the trash can and dig them out. And, um, bring them back into the house and then we would just have this (laughs) cycle of her throwing them away and me digging them out so I've always uh, been very unique I've never been very uh, girly Um, as far as my dress my dressing is concerned even when I was little my mom tried to put bows in my hairs and I my hair and I would just rip it out so um long story short The reason why I'm sharing some background information is because I realized that when I returned to the church and I started actively attending with my husband, um, all of those other experiences were really my attitude and my mindset, how I was going into it, Uh, whether it be attending church, going to mutual, going to seminary, you know, um, going to any of the dances. I never was positive about uh, going to any of those functions uh, because I felt different. And it's not simply because of what I was wearing. It was also who I was and the things that had gone on with me. Um, You know, I've talked a bit about before about my, you know, abuse experiences when I was little and it made me into a weird kid. So I was just really, really, really different. And when I would get around other uh, girls that were my age when I was growing up, I could feel and sense that difference. I didn't realize that it was actually okay. Nobody, you know, taught me that it was okay. Um, I'm not sure that we really think about teaching our kids that it's okay to be their unique singular selves. Um, recently, I was in town visiting my family and I, my daughter-in-law, I said to her, I smiled at her and said, you're so unique and singular as an individual. And I love that about you. And she looked at me and she says, Oh, that's just a different way of saying I'm weird. And I didn't know how to respond to that, but I just kept smiling at her because I just love her. Um, and I love who she is and I love that she embraces her differences and that, uh, she just charges forward. Um, I wish that I could have been more like her when I was her age. Uh, she's now 21 and even at 21, I struggled. So I really think that sometimes the way that we think and the perceptions and the perceived, um, attitudes or expectations can really color our experiences within the church. And I think that's kind of what happens when um, people feel turned off by the church, like they were not really accepted. I was really shocked by one person's attitude kind of saying on social media that because of the church, um, it made them someone who was unwelcoming and was discriminating against other people uh, around them and their local community. 
and that shocked me. I was so surprised by that statement. But I have attended church in some of the wards in Utah, and I, my experience, again, was never positive because my perception wasn't positive. Um, now, fast forwarding to going back to church when I, you know, in 2013 and being all in and active with my husband and growing in the faith and learning. Um, I'm now at the age and the maturity to understand that it was predominantly my fault. The way that I was thinking, my focus, where was my focus at when I was going to these functions or going to church? Was it more on if there were enough people that came up and welcomed me to church? Was it more on how other people were making me feel? My perceived perception on how they were making me feel? Um, Whether or not I fit in? Was I wearing the right clothes? You know? And so this is just what it boils down to for me. And this is just my opinion. Um, My experiences in church before I returned in 2013 and really became active and all in fully in the gospel. It was my fault. It truly was my fault. I was going to church because I knew I needed to go to church and I knew I needed to take my children to church. I was showing up at church and I was showing up just very frazzled and tired from my life choices and my mind, I, I, I didn't ever take the time to prep and ready myself to attend church, to have that. You can be reverent on the outside, but are you reverent on the inside? I always had this just storm of feelings and emotions and thoughts, which I think are pretty normal, you know, when you haven't been to church in a while and you're looking to become active again. Um, I think that's pretty normal. But um, I made those experiences of when I came back into church harder on myself because I was paying attention to the things that really didn't matter. What does matter is my relationship with my Savior. What does matter is that I'm there to pitch in and to help, to serve, to bring about His kingdom here on earth. What does matter is that I make it the experience, what I want it to be. And what I learned through maturing and attending church later in my life is that this isn't about, it's not a popularity contest. It's not about when I show up, how many people say hello and are welcoming. It isn't even about what I wear. It's about me and my relationship with my Savior. And I think it's important that we remember that we all have the gospel that teaches us, the gospel doctrine and principles, all about the covenants that we make and the ordinances that we take. But we still all have our own unique journeys to follow and to live. And the way the gospel applies to your life in one particular situation might be different in the way the gospel applies to my life in that same situation because there's still differences. I think too often we're looking at each other and we're thinking 
that that person is living like us and having the same thoughts and the same experiences and the same trials and hardships. And uh, that's just not the case. Even when they do have the same hardships that we're having, there's still these differences where their spiritual experiences and their answers and their journey in the gospel is just going to be different than ours. Uh, it's not up to us to say that they're doing something wrong or they misinterpreted the spirit or whatever the case may be. It's up to us to love them, to listen to them, to support them, to comfort them. Coming from a family where we have many different religions and faiths, and we even have people who are atheists in our family, um, we have learned how to get along and how to love one another, even in our differences. Um, we're not perfect at it. We still sometimes, um, I don't want to say misunderstandings per se, but we just maybe don't gel sometimes in the way that we're doing things or, um, you know, somebody might get sensitive and, and feel offended by something that is said by myself or my husband or my parents. And yet we didn't mean it that way. And so we were constantly feeling like we have to explain ourselves. And um, sometimes those explanations are good. And other times it's like, you know, we have to get back to the fact that we love this person and they're part of our world. And we're just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. So again, coming from a family with varying faiths, uh, we've learned how to be accepting and yet there are several people I've seen on social media saying that because they were members of the church, that um, it really made them uh, kind of like, uh, you know, they were discriminate, discriminating against other people. There's a story that my mom shared once, and I'm not going to say who it was, but there was this person in their, their ward, and they were talking during a class. And um, the subject came up about, you know, you have to be very aware of who you hang out with and who you surround yourself with, because oftentimes you're going to be associated with the people that you hang out with and you're going to be doing the things that they're doing. And um, this one sister had said that she doesn't allow her children to uh, fellowship or be friends with other children who aren't active in the gospel. Um as they get older, if they cannot get a temple recommend to go and do baptisms for the dead, then they don't want their children to be friends with them. And that's an example of when I think that we take the gospel and we just go too far. And now we're using the gospel to be very negative and contrary and to really be oppressive, in my opinion. And I think that sometimes the interpretation of gospel teachings and doctrine, as well as maybe your own local LDS community, can, uh, for whatever reason, make you feel like you have to discriminate against somebody who's not a member of the church or who is a member of the church, but maybe, you know, in their life, you're aware that they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing. And so they're treating them according to whatever this perceived notion is that they need to, you know, be discriminatory in some way. 
And uh, I just want to make it very clear that that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. These people that um, are on social media and actively attacking the church, who are actively uh, basically proselyting against the church. Um, I thought to myself this morning, why are they taking so much time? I mean, these people have Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook accounts where they're actively doing skits and things. So, and that takes a lot of time. It takes time to create the skit, to find the people for the skit, to execute the skit. And they're doing these funny jokey jokey things, you know, poking at LDS members. And I I really had to stop and reflect like what happened in their life to make them this way. And uh, I really feel it's a misinterpretation of the gospel. I think oftentimes people um, can have issues within the church and not do the work that we're taught to do, which is when we have a question, when we have a stumbling block, when we have a challenge in our LDS community, are we doing what the prophet and apostles have taught us to do, which is to pray, to fast? to study, to spend time with the Lord every day, and to wait patiently for the answer. And then do we have the courage to execute the answer? So I guess for today and for this week, what I would like to say to all of those who hear me is that we need to be better. We need to be better about setting an example of the true disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, I've talked before about the difference between judging and righteous judgment. We all have the right and the agency to righteously judge for ourselves if we want to participate in this or that or be friends with that person or decide which, you know, hospital to go to, which doctor to have, um, which road to take to work. I mean, we all have the agency to do that. We have the agency to realize that other people's lifestyles may not be for us, but we don't have the right to make other people feel bad about their lifestyle. Um, And I think this is kind of how it's going to be in heaven. Everybody is going to go to the kingdom that they feel the most comfortable in. And I feel comfort in that. Um, Because I know there are members in my family who aren't really going to want to be in the celestial kingdom. They may want to be in the terrestrial or celestial. And uh, recently through my studies, I found that those who are actually going to receive uh, the kingdom of perdition, those numbers are going to be very small. So I'm not going to worry anymore about those family members that um, are leading their lives in a manner and a way that may not line up with the gospel because Lord knows that I wasn't for a very long time. And I still am very imperfect in the way that I conduct myself, even out in the public. Um, I get irritated and frustrated. Uh, There's so many people that live in our area and just the traffic. And then when you stop and you go shopping, we're all like a bunch of little ants in a colony. And um, I get frustrated. But I just look at that as opportunities to hone my Christ-like 
abilities and to learn maybe some new Christ-like abilities. And I really want to encourage you to be kind to the people that you meet, to be willing to say sorry if you need to, if you've done something that was offensive, or even if you feel like you weren't wrong. If asking for forgiveness will bring peace and demonstrate meekness and humility, that Christ-like meekness and humility that comes from accepting that invitation from our Savior to come follow me, then why not? Why not give that forgiveness? Um, Why not be the peacemaker? We know what the scriptures say about peacemakers, the reward, the blessings. So let us use the gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives the best that we can to be a light into the world. So those who are looking for the word of God, who are looking for the true church of Jesus Christ, can find it. And if you find that you're one of those people that gets a little gossipy and talks about other members and um, makes people feel like they have no right to be at church or feels, you know, makes people feel uncomfortable in some way. If you can self-reflect and see that you do that in any way, which I can, I have to be very careful sometimes because I have such a fierce conviction that this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when people push back on it, it irritates me to no end. And through that irritation, I can become very unchristlike. And this is something that I am really trying to work on. So if you can please just self-reflect. If there's something that you're doing that is putting off people around you, whether it be in church, your family, your local community, make the changes needed because you will be blessed for it. Not only will you be blessed for it, but you will receive further light and understanding that will just put you in awe of the type of spiritual knowledge, treasures, and pearls that are imparted when we make these kind of corrections in our lives. Um, So that's what I'm going to leave with you this week. I so much appreciate you tuning in and always being um, so supportive. I love my audience. You guys are so loving and kind and so supportive. If you're not a member of the church and you can hear my voice and you're listening to this episode, please know that the church, the gospel, the doctrine is perfect as set forth by Jesus Christ himself because he does sit at the head of his church and he leads this church on earth. And he leads it through his prophet, President Russell M. Nelson. But us members, even the prophet and apostles, we're all fallen. We're not perfect. Don't come to church looking for perfect people. Come to church looking for people just like yourself who are there to be spiritually edified, to be educated, to learn, to grow, and to become more like our Savior, to do His work here on earth. As we become more like our Savior, The desire to do his work here on earth becomes greater and greater and greater. And that's all we're looking to do. And then we're looking to fulfill the other great commandment, which is to endure it well, 
to prevail and persevere. And I leave this with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please, please, please have a wonderful week. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and remember to stay faithful and be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next week, much love and God bless.